0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Board YouTube channel. We're back for our weekly show here with myself, Jacob, and my co-host, Kirk Evans, beside me to talk through some of the biggest stories around the NBA on the week before we get into some betting conversation as well. And betting just kind of integrates itself within every conversation that we have over here. But it was such a busy week in the NBA. It feels like quite a blur, to be honest, that before the sh- before we started here in show preparation, we forgot about the Kyle Lowry, Terry Rogier trade. That will be on the menu today along with the Milwaukee Bucks, the coaching change that went on there, the rather puzzling coaching change. Maybe not so puzzling that they got rid of Adrian Griffin, but perhaps puzzling in who they replaced him with. We also have the Rookie of the Year Wraith, which is really heating up, especially after Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama went toe-to-toe in last night's game between the Thunder and the Spurs. But Dirk Evans, the week that was in the NBA, um, how did it go for you?
1: It was a good week. Busy week, trade season coming. Uh, I actually really like this part of the the NBA schedule. I find it's a lot of things happening, a lot of games, All Star break coming up, trade deadline coming up. There's a lot of stuff happening.
0: Well, uh, I feel like a lot of people around uh, the sports betting space don't really enjoy NBA January. Uh, a lot more outrageous score lines seem to go down. Uh, do you not feel as though that's the same for yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like most people kind of dislike, impredictability, huge blowout, stuff like that. But I, to me, that all helps us uh, uh, the better and makes it tougher on the books. But I do think at some points uh, at this time of the season, some teams get pretty like you kind of know what they are and that's maybe not the best. But then trades come, injuries come, and stuff
0: gets interesting. All right. So perhaps embracing variance over there. All right. Let's get into our first topic today. It is Milwaukee Bucks coaching situation anybody watching in the comments as well any questions you have along the way today please be sure to drop them in the chat and myself and Kirk Evans we will get to them but Milwaukee fired Adrian Griffin the team was 30 and 13 when he was fired Adrian Griffin has spent more than a decade as an NBA assistant finally got his first opportunity to coach a team as the head coach unfortunately despite a successful record he has lost that opportunity and Milwaukee Bucks have decided to go with Doc Rivers instead. Uh, before we start talking about Doc here, let's talk about Adrian Griffin. Did you feel as though this was the right decision by the Milwaukee Bucks, or was this a little bit harsh for you after the positive start record-wise?
1: Yeah, so definitely when it came across my newsfeed yesterday, it was surprising to see just the the Griffin side of it, not the Doc side. I thought was was an amazing move by Milwaukee. I think a lot of organizations would look at firing a coach at 30 and 13 halfway through his first season and say, we just can't do that. You know, there's a lot of um people who, you know, stuck their neck out for Griffin when they were hiring him and it kind of is a bad look on them. But to really just say, screw it, we have to do what's best for the team here. I think is a, an excellent move. The team's vibes have been weird all year. The coaching was terrible right out of the gate. They changed their defensive scheme four games into the regular season. They looked like a mess in the preseason. Right away, uh, Terry Stotts got fired before or, or resigned before the season started. They've been way overperforming in terms of their record versus how good they actually are. So not not you know sitting on your laurels and saying we're 30 and 13 we can't fire the coach rather saying there's a significant problem here we can fix it let's fire him even though we're 30 and 13 i think is an is a, a great move
0: for the lack of better term i'll use the word desperation it doesn't feel like like desperate move but it feels like the championship window is shrinking we don't think this is our guy. Let's not waste any years of this with the person that we don't think is our guy. So from that perspective, I do have respect for the front office. I wish more front offices would kind of take this approach, but I guess this depends on the risk tolerance of the front office, possibly ownership as well. Sometimes their risk tolerance comes into play with things like that. You could kind of tell I mean, we spoke about it on the show here. Like, is this like the worst team that we ever seen? Like they're like 27 and 12 or like, like this team for some reason isn't very good, but they just keep winning here. So I can understand Adrian Griffin getting fired. I kind of feel for him in his first head coaching job. I hope he gets another opportunity. I think what it comes down to, as much as the NBA is about winning, much it's about like the on court stuff. A lot of a lot of coaching in any sport is man management, and it just felt like Adrian Griffin never had the players on his side. Not sure why he seemed to have been pretty likable in his time with the Raptors. But sometimes there's just people out there who can command respect. And I don't know. It just seems to me like Adrian Griffin may not be one of those people for whatever reason. That's what it just seemed like. Maybe just wasn't the right fit. Sometimes things just don't work out. Sometimes just not the right fit. So whatever the reason is, he's gone. So we appreciate the Bucks for you know <laughs> sticking out and saying that this isn't, like, making the move here. This isn't our guy. Let's go for get our guy here. Uh, All that's fine and dandy. Their guy is in the replacement to save this situation is Doc Rivers, who I cannot believe has been given another opportunity with a contending team. You had, uh, you had some words about this on Twitter, but what were your sentiments about Doc Rivers immediately becoming the candidate to replace him?
1: Yeah, it's tough because... The Adrian Griffin firing is is kind of the opposite of a safe move, you know. Obviously, the the safe move would just be to continue with Adrian Griffin. It's what most teams would do. It's what most people would do, and I had a lot of respect for them saying, "No, we're going to cut bait and fire this guy," even though we're going to take criticism. Even though, you know, we hired him before this season, and I thought that was a, a commendable move, the right move for Milwaukee. But then this Doc hiring against it seems like the absolute safest you know move the the veteran coach who uh like is well regarded amongst the league so if you're going to do if you're going to fire Adrian Griffin why replace him with Doc Rivers like i think Doc Rivers probably gets a little bit too much crap as a coach in terms of, like, he's not the worst coach in the league. He's actually a really good regular season coach. He, he's
0: easy to meme on, though, for the blown for sure. leads but, and whatever.
1: But he, exactly. He's just not a, a elite strategy late-game playoff coach. And it's just, if you're firing Griffin and you're Milwaukee and you fired Bud, who's, like, a, the best regular season coach in the league by far, Doc Rivers is kind of just a much worse version of Bud in terms of we'll get you regular season wins low man team players are out. Your team's going to play hard, but just really does not adjust when it comes to the playoffs. It's slow to adjust. It's slow to change rotations. We'll go full like bench units in the playoffs when you don't need to play his guys less minutes than, uh, like more aggressive coaches will. So it just seems like you're making this Adrian Griffin move saying we need to win a championship soon. And then you're hiring Doc and it just doesn't feel like it accomplishes that. He's had so much time with high-level teams and has just really shown a, a track record of not being a great playoff coach. I think they'll probably be better in the regular season. And I, I don't know why I do this to myself, but I watched both of those Milwaukee-Detroit games pre-firing. Just I had money on them. And and you honestly, you can tell. I nearly tweeted out in that first game like whoa Milwaukee just uh, this is one of the least hard playing teams that's good I've ever seen they like I think the total like th- there was like 280 points they couldn't stop Mil- uh, Detroit in either game even the second game they won both but both were close the team just clearly wasn't playing hard so it, when I saw it and was like oh they had just won a few games I was like eh I could see how someone was watching those Detroit games and and thought like we need to change something up. But I just don't see why it's Doc. I think you could have just made a more a more aggressive hire on the back of such an aggressive move.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree there. It's just like you said it all. Like the adjust it's but it's Doc in the playoffs, it's the adjustments. He doesn't make the adjustments, period. Uh if he does, they're not quick enough, but like, every little intricate detail about playoff games. This is why is successful. This is why Nurse has had success in the playoffs. Like, every little aspect intricacy is accounted for. And all these adjustments are made not, like, from a game-to-game basis. These are made on the fly during the games, sometimes on a play-by-play basis. And Doc Rivers just has proven, like, he's not been able to, to do that over and over. Um, Like, he obviously won. He's, he's a coach of the year with Orlando, like, like oh, 20 years ago now. I don't know what it is. Uh, he won a championship in 2008 with the Celtics, got to a finals in 2010, and hasn't, to my knowledge, gone past second round since. Like, uh, Phoenix brings up here in the chat, 2015 Clippers, 2020 Clippers, 2021 Sixers. Didn't even get past the second round tier. Uh, I also find what's a little bit funny about this situation that I'm reminded of as well here is that Doc was consulting for Agent Griffin a little bit in the offseason. <laughs> and, no, I don't think it was in the offseason. Yeah, they, I think
1: he was brought in to consult, during the season like last month or something, which makes the whole situation weirder. And again, I always talk about this, but my God, the reporting on this situation has been absolutely horrific. The NBA reporting is a complete joke. They seven, seven reporters come out and say um, doc rivers is, is the top of their list, but you know, they, they have a couple other guys on that list, but we don't know those names. Um, but, but the teams haven't spoken yet. But somehow the team, Milwaukee and Doc Rivers haven't spoken about it, but actually it turns out that Doc Rivers was a consultant for Milwaukee since like December. It just, none of it makes sense. And then CNN actually reports that Doc Rivers has the job. No NBA media comments on that at all because and Shams didn't get the scoop. So then and Shams officially report it 14 hours later and pretend it's breaking news.
0: Well, the from their perspective here, tampering, they don't want to get people in trouble and they don't want to get, they want to burn the bridge with their source. So yeah, when Woj said, I forget which one, I think it was Woj who said they had like, the Bucks and Doc have not had conversations yet. Like they had the deal finalized when Woj tweeted that. Like they, they obviously had spoken before this, but Woj I, doesn't want to burn that source, doesn't want to get the source over, and doesn't want to get the Bucks in trouble with tampering or else he's not going to get info from there anymore.
1: I agree, but at some point it gets to the, a problem where watch is literally just a talking puppet for agents. Even, even you're saying, okay, well, he doesn't want to get the, the, he doesn't want to burn a bridge from a source. He doesn't have to come out and outwardly lie. He could just not say anything. You know, he could say he could just not tweet that they haven't talked. Like, right, if, if you Fair just enough. concede and say, and say nothing docs at the top of their list, that's one thing, at least then you're kind of just omitting the lie versus coming out and saying that they haven't spoken when you know, obvious everyone in the world knows that yeah. they've spoken. It's just like, now you're kind of treating the people who actually matter, the fans like they're idiots.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I can agree with that sentiment here. Uh, I'll back on AG comment from 905 Yada in chat, talk about how this was a difficult first job as a head coach because there wasn't a ton of slack or patience. I mean, it's good and bad. First, like, you get a real good team to work with here. So, like, it should be easy to win. But I guess he did win, and he still got in trouble. So, I guess, yeah, lack of patience overall, that is unfortunate. But, again, hopefully he gets another opportunity here. Yeah, it's
1: a tough tough break for Adrian Griffin, just because, like, I I don't think he did a good job, and I don't think he's a good, particularly good coach. But, like, it's going to be tough for him to get another shot. and, And it was just a weird situation, like, Everything I don't know. about it, it was weird. They weren't they weren't even hit like it doesn't seem like they even really wanted Griffin. Um Giannis sounds like did. they wanted nurse and Giannis didn't want nurse, which now looks like an insanely big mistake. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard for Griffin to get another job, but he'll, he'll get back on a bench as an assistant. Well,
0: once you get your foot in the door of head coaching, I feel like there's always another opportunity. Like, look at fucking Doc Rivers. Yeah, but, but always I, think it's a, opportunity. I think it's
1: a bit different. Like, when you get fired in, like, a weird way and you haven't established yourself, it's just a bit tougher. But I don't know. We'll I see. I, I think he's going to hey, well, have to grind out a
0: you bit. Know, you know, the last time this happened, so the last time a team that was this good fired their coach, uh, the Cavaliers in 2016 fired David Blatt, at 30 and 11, so an even better record at this stage, replaced him with Ty Lu, who was not the Ty Lu we know today as one of the best coaches in the league. Ty Lu was a relative, un, like, mostly unknown at the time, and the Cavaliers would go on to win the NBA championship. So making a bold move like this, maybe it pays off, but then not making the bold move of the coach, who knows what happens. We'll see how it all plays out here. Yeah. Um, last, yeah, last, point last,
1: on last point on Daw. Uh, I think we got a comment on that 2021 Philly team. That That's a team that doctors not get nearly enough criticism for. The team that the Raptors beat, was it 2021, 2020? I think 2020, no, I think the Raptors 2019, 2019. Oh, The 2019 team with Jimmy, Tobias, Joel, Simmons, Redick. That team was absolutely loaded. The Raptors had no business winning that series. That was that was like the Kawhi bounce win. we at no point in the series did it feel like we were the better team. I think Joel was like a plus 150 in a seven game series and they still lost. They were playing Greg Monroe at backup center and just could not figure out anything on how to stagger their lineups, not play, you know, um, like majority bench lineups how to use Ben Simmons. He completely got lost. Obviously.
0: Yeah. That happened. Hang on. Sorry. I I don't, this was, I think this wasn't doc. This was, this was still Brett Brown, wasn't it? Oh, was
1: that Brett Brown? All right. I take it back then. I apologize. Yeah. I
0: I think that got, I think that got Brett Brown fired.
1: Deservingly. My bad. My bad. So then the 2021, eh, the Philly teams never were, were that good. If he didn't have that, if he never had Jimmy. Yeah, you're right. Brett Brown was coaching the Jimmy team. So, The Clippers were really the, the worst ones. And then, again, he's... Oh, no, Jals Brett Brown a lot... around
0: because the Clippers had the bubble season. Then Doc got fired. And then Brett Brown got fired. And then Doc gotcha, got you. Over got you, got you. Yeah, Sixers. so
1: these Philly teams, like the Harden team last year, they weren't that good. So, if 2021, I guess they were a bit of a contender. And also, Joel... Uh, I don't know. Last uh,
0: year, the Sixers were up 3-2 at home against Boston and They're, Joel Embiid doesn't touch the ball for the last five minutes of game six
1: yeah and, it, and it's hard to not look at a, at a significant criticism for Doc at, at, as to how good Joel's playing but I think it'll be really interesting to see what Nurse does for Joel in the playoffs because Joel has been far worse in the playoffs than in the regular season and I think Doc has to take some of that blame at least
0: yeah okay let's move on here I I I, I agree with this I I guess we'll see what what goes down with Giannis in the playoffs, and we'll see how different Embiid looks with what I think is now a good coach, actually, behind him. Uh, Let's keep moving here. Let's go to the rookie of the year race. We had quite the matchup, quite the battle yesterday between Victor Wambanyama and Chet Holmgren. The Thunder obliterated the Spurs in the end because they're the far superior team. But uh, an interesting little battle within the game here because Chet Holmgren has 17 points, 9 rebounds, Three blocks. Victor Wembanyama has 24 points, 12 rebounds, four blocks. Both of them were quite efficient in this one. But over the last few weeks or so, Victor Wembanyama, Rookie of the Year's team, has started to come back. And he is now the favorite to win the award. I'm just shopping around. Anywhere between like minus 150 to minus 200 is the price on Victor Wembanyama now to win the Rookie of the Year award. About the halfway stage of the season. Uh, I won't say he's come out of nowhere here, but it looked like Chet was on his way to kind of putting a lock on this award, but it it's it's still a real battle here. Uh what's your take on the race right now and where it's at?
1: Yeah, I think I would probably take some Wembenyama lines if you could get like minus 150 or minus 160. It's just a bit hard to see how Chet is gonna win this award with the production Wemby's putting up right now. Like he's been on a minutes limit and and is putting up completely insane per minute stats even completely insane game stats now the minutes limits coming off the back-to-backs he's going to start playing in he's leading the league in blocks he's putting up insane points i think he's a much better rebounder than i thought he would be coming in the kind of, the question is kind of you know one is a serious like one plays in a serious spot and i don't mean for this to take away from Wemby, but I still don't really look at Wemby as a serious player right now, even though in the same breath, I think he literally could be one of the, he could be the best player to ever play basketball, but like you still watch him play. He takes crazy shots. He does insane things. The team's completely non-serious. Even in these games, they're pretty consistently getting blown out, even when he's putting up these insane stat lines. So it's kind of serious versus non-serious, but the, the numbers are just becoming too overwhelming. That I think Wemby ha- has a really good track to win this award. I I, I just wi honestly, it's it's a funny thing because Greg Popovich coaches this team, but I wish like they just kind of took basketball slightly more seriously and tried winning games rather than play like a crazy pace. I know getting a pick is gonna be valuable and it's gonna be nice to have another top pick, and that's really all that matters for Wemby. But I wish they kind of were were. There's obviously a balance to be had because you kind of want to let him go, let him do stuff, but he just does, like he takes, he doesn't need to be taking, you know, 28 shots a game, chucking up crazy off the dribble shots. His off the dribble stuff has come down slightly, but Chet is like the second best player on right now, the third best team in the league. So I think if it was like a most valuable rookie, he would have a better chance, but Rookie of the year, I think Wemby has has a real track to win this.
0: Yeah, just the minutes are going up. As much as like the Spurs have been unserious, they're starting to be more serious. They're actually like trying to play real basketball now. Wemby's at the five where he's improved. So Trey
1: Jones is starting.
0: Yeah, Trey Jones starting is making a massive difference. Like all these things that were obvious. I'll give Pop the benefit. He's a good. He's a. He's one of the all-time coaches. Surely he knew these things. He just kind of wanted to try out new things with Wembenyama, and I guess that makes sense. But now that he's actually making the obvious adjustments, the team is like they're still losing regularly. In the group, but Wembenyama is looking better. The team is looking a little bit better as well. So I kind of agree that at this point, uh, if the the Wembenyama price probably goes further towards Wemby than towards chet at this point i like the numbers are getting too overwhelming there's just not
1: really any upside for chet right now like he's not going to really play better like they're not going to expand his role he's not going to play more he's played unbelievably well he's having one of the best rookie seasons ever yeah ever like he's been ridiculously good but Wemby's just kind of a different beast of a player like chet's a bit more of a dependent player he's like relies a little bit more on the system he doesn't get up you know 20 shots in a game regularly versus victor kind of just he 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 can kind of get to spots right now he's stronger than i thought he would be the off the dribble stuff isn't really there but it just kind of seems like it doesn't matter the offensive rebounding is ridiculous he gets to the line a ton he's kind of too big to put a small on him i think that will be overall when games actually do get serious what teams go to more like a big strong guy who can prevent him from moving but he's he's physical he's just been he's just a pretty crazy good player and is going to be completely insane he'll probably be the favorite for defensive player of the year next year too he's leading the league in blocks he he's just he's just overwhelming in a lot of ways and i think it's going to be tough for chet to really catch up there
0: Agreed. Uh definitely agree with that. Let's go to the the trade that went down. It's been such a crazy week here. I, I did I don't know how do not have a graphic for this one, but Kyle Lowry was traded. Terry Rogier is now on the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry's salary dumped to the Hornets along with just the one first round pick of 2027 first via Miami. Initial thoughts from this trade? Do you think this is a good fit for Miami? We've seen Terry Rozier now in a in a heat jersey. He wasn't the wasn't underwhelming wasn't definitely it wasn't a phenomenal performance in his debut for the heat
1: yeah a, a bit of a strange trade I, I don't really see why Miami did this I guess it's a bit hard to criticize Miami they've made the finals twice in the past like four years as, and a conference uh, final as well and the conference finals as well we had Jimmy Butler three away from making another final so I think they probably look at themselves as more contenders than I look at them I don't really feel like they're terror zero away from anything also, I'm not. I think Terry Rozier's been really good on ball this year, but like, not really sure what Terry Rozier is for for a good team. I think he's a fine defender, not as good as he used to be. He's a decent shooter. He's been fine on ball this year. Not really good on ball any other year of his career. He's an okay passer. Like, he, he's a good player. He's a solid player, but not someone I'd I'd really go out and, and give assets for. And. Miami, you know, to me, Miami should be big game hunting. They're they're the Miami heat. They have a pretty good roster already. They have a young star in Bam. Jimmy's already there. Does feel like some, some potential really good players are going to come available in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. One of them being Donovan Mitchell, who would be a really good fit for this team. So I I just like, doesn't, it feels like a, a bit of a deck shuffle here. They're a bit better. Lowry's really
0: have has fallen off. They're I better. Think it's, like they're better. Yeah. No. No. Not clearly, a, more, better. I'd like, say more than a bit better.
1: But are they more than a bit better? Like
0: I imagine. Terry takes takes some. takes scoring pressure off this team a little bit. Like I get, Kyle Lowry's impact is not just box score base, but Terry takes scoring pressure off. His ability to get in the paint and move the defense around is something they haven't had. Um, the shooting in general is going to be a lot more consistent than, than what Kyle Lowry had. It, just, it adds in another weapon, and I, I don't think this is a crazy move, but what like they gave they salary dumped Kyle Lowry and they gave up a 2027 20, first. I, I don't expect the Heat to be anywhere near the lottery. Well, it's actually lottery protected, anyways, but I don't expect the Heat to be giving away a, a, ba- a bad pick here at all. They really didn't give up that much. And Terry Rozier is in for two and a half years. I, I don't think this is a fantastic fit, but just given what they gave up, I think that this is a good move. For, uh, yeah, it's just I would kind of, The fit isn't great, but it's like they got better and they gave up relatively little.
1: Yeah, it's just maybe another trade is coming. Maybe the idea is that they'll trade hero in a big trade, but it's just kind of like why move a legitimate asset? Not, not that it was a, a spectacular asset, but also, exactly like you said, like Terry takes up a lot of salary as well. I guess they could reroute him. I, I don't have a huge problem with this trade. Just not exactly a needle mover. And I agree, Rozier is a much better player than Lowry right now. Lowry's really falling off. But they have just a lot of guys, you know? They, they have Hawkes, who's good. Richardson, who's fine. Duncan Robinson, who's having an amazing year as well. And no, they haven't really all been healthy at the same time. But when they're all healthy, it's kind of, a lot of repetition in in terms of skill sets. There, I think Rozier is probably, you know, better, obviously better ball handler than Duncan Robinson, way better shooter than Hawkes. Just didn't seem exactly necessary for me. But you know, Miami's a hard team to criticize. They've done a lot of really good things.
0: That that's kind of years. that's kind of what it comes down to. Like uh, Miami, look, I, I last year I was like this team stinks. Like they're gonna be nowhere near the top of the East, and they weren't. So like, yeah, look, this team stinks. They're what the, the the seven seed their eight seed after the playing tournament and they got to the NBA finals so <laughs> fair it, it, it's unlike Miami to uh by the way protection the pick it conveys uh automatically as a first round pick of 2028 20, if it's uh but there's a lot of, of 20, 27 again I, I don't see the heat Eric's is here for a long time he just signed the monster deal I don't see the heat being a bad team anytime soon I know that's a long it's way it's a long
1: away. time away though
0: Ingenial. I know it's a long way away. I, I, I personally don't see it with the Heat. Like they just—they seem to find a way. Uh, w- w- I don't want to doubt them too much anymore. Um, but uh, is this trade getting a lot of hate? Not of you guys saying it's getting—it's getting a lot of hate. It, it doesn't move the needle, but I think this is fine. This, like fries agrees with you, saying that this is. This is one where there might be more moves. It's not really in the nature of, of a Pat Riley team to make significant moves towards the deadline. They're usually an off-season team. Maybe the thinking is in the off-season, Tyler here with somebody they move, and I think if they can complement Rozier, Butler, and ba- and Atabayo better, and perhaps, like, Haquez has looked really good this season, maybe that's a great move for them going forward. But for this season, I don't think they gave up gave up too much. And I think that this is a a, a solid position for them. I, I don't personally look at them right now with championship pedigree, but I didn't last season. And the team right. is probably a little bit better now than they were last season as well. Man, it kind of, it's just painful, I think, for the Heat. Because if Kyle Lowry was the player they thought they were getting when they made the sign and trade, they probably would have a championship. Because they yeah. were so close, and he just... As much as he was effective in the finals last year and in the conference finals two years ago, he just wasn't that player that they thought they were getting. And it, it seemed like they were that player away from lifting Larry O B. So that's, uh, I think it's a bit tough from them. Yeah, uh, it
1: just never worked. But, you know, he was also like 37.
0: Yeah, I guess they knew a little bit of the risks involved there. Um, trying to go through the chat here. Uh, does there, so So one, one thing I was brought up from Fry's earlier, actually mentions the preseason bets that were made on this channel uh kirk you were part of that preseason special uh it's a half season we have a bit of time today i figured let's go through the bets that went down in the off season on this channel and kind of just see where they're at from do we think they're gonna win or we think they're gonna lose at this point so i'm not quite sure which ones you had I don't, I don't but i'm gonna rem- go i
1: remember the chat over for sure so one really of them, yes,
0: one of them was the Chet over on points at 13.3. That looks good. But I'm just going to list off all the bets here and kind of say yes, no, or maybe on if I think they're going to win. So one of them preseason was Raptors over 36 and a half. That's a big, Sounds big like no. Um, small play. That was my, actually me and Pips and you all had that play. <laughs> and it's not going well. Um, we had a small bet on Anthony Davis DPOI. That's a big no. LeBron under 27.2 points. That looks quite good at this point. I don't see him going on a tear. Knicks over 40. That sounds
1: like an insane number in the offseason. Like, that bet pretty much has gone as bad as possible and is still going to win.
0: The Knicks over 43.5 wins. That looks good. The Bulls over 37.5 wins. That all of a sudden is looking like Mm -hmm. they're going to be right in the mix. Pretty good.
1: Bulls play pretty
0: well. Uh, We have... The Rockets over 31 and a half wins. That's nice. looking phenomenal. The Cavs yeah. under 15 and a half, which looked great, looked even better when Garland and Mobley went down. Then they decided to win eight games in a row with those guys out. And now that doesn't look as good. I still think they Definitely could Definitely not a under.
1: me bet because I'm on the Cavs over at like 48 and a half. And that, and a half. I
0: believe that's a, that's a me bet. I believe that was me who had yeah that was definitely me who had oh, that, that that's run. gonna
1: be that's gonna be close for sure i love the cows but this run i don't know how that will be close is, but mobley back in a week or so i'll
0: pat myself for the another me play here over 35 and a half wins for the pacers that's gonna cash soon um no, no, and no. the another play that i had is the nuggets under 54 and a half and that's gonna nice. ooh, we're gonna cut close i think on that one unless they kind of taper should, off near i the think should the be season. okay well
1: the thing but, is the Nuggets are are playing are going to play pretty hard because that one seed is is really up for grabs, but yeah, still probably tracking pretty well.
0: As far as like most of the plays here, I think, I think based on the, if you were tail if you tail all the preseason plays, uh, we're in some decent positioning here overall for that portfolio. So I just wanted to kind of investigate here, but uh, I think good to go through on the show here. All right. Um, Matthew has a question for us here. Uh, Another betting-related question. I haven't read it yet, so let's read it. Um, This is my first reaction as well. So two-parter. Should you ever hedge a bet that is clearly plus EV? Say you bet a guy for an award at 30-1, to and come spring, it's basically down to him and one other guy, and they're both minus 110. Is it smart to lock in profit, or is it better to let it ride? I imagine it might depend on how many opportunities of this nature you think you'll have going forward. So uh, I'll start here because uh, I've covered this topic in content before. So you can you can come up with a, an actual number on how value your position is. you can term determine your expected value with the current odds uh, based on what you played at. So you can make it as, you can determine whether your expected value right now is better or worse than your expected value if you were to hedge and what the the locked in profit would be if you were to hedge. You can't ever fault yourself for taking the plus EV play. So if the plus EV play is letting it ride, like I'll give an example here. So in the the World Series uh, preseason for MLB, because this is an actual concrete example I had preseason. I bet on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series at um, I think it was 20 to one or something. They get to the World Series. I don't know if it was that the sportsbook had a liability on the Diamondbacks. I had a pretty significant plus EV play to cash out and the cash out option was actually greater than my hedge option, which is very rare, but I decided just to let it ride because I determined like I had, I think it was like $20 on it to win. It was that like 20 to one odds? So whatever it was, and I thought I could live without 20 bucks. I could take a cash out, but I could live without 20 bucks. So even though it's plus EV, I felt like I was fine to just let it ride and it lost. Don't really regret it, but it's all on a personal level for yourself. So is it smart to lock in profit and let it ride? Depends. Can you accept losing that bet completely? Are you in enough money here that you're going to be like losing sleep over it? Is the money available in the hedge option like super like, near life-changing these are all the conversations but i'd have but what about yourself kirk
1: yeah i think there's a lot of contingencies or, or, or things to consider i this is all i do like all i do is bet so i have a really specific focus on maximizing as much value as i can so typically i will not hedge a bet unless i think that hedge is also a plus EV bet. And then I'll be happy to hedge unless it was some ridiculous number. Like I did have some quickly 500 to one last year. I did hedge off some of that with Brogdon, but I also had, you know, a few, like I think I deer and Fox clutch player that stuff. I kind of just will let ride mostly. So generally my thought is unless I'm hedging off with another plus EV bet, I'm probably not going to hedge my position unless the the numbers you know so kind of like jacob said so grand that you just can't live without it but if you're just casually betting one a good thing to think about is that if you're going to win a large amount of money and you don't have a huge bankroll even if you're hedging off with some negative ev if that bankroll jump helps you bet more in the future on more plus ev stuff it can be plus ev even if you're you're hedging off with a bit of a negative ev bet um But also, yeah, like if you're going to be really upset if you lose a bet and didn't hedge any, just hedge. You know, it's not unless unless, you know, you're really trying to do everything optimally. Like if you're just betting casually and you've got a great future and you don't want to lose it, hedge. But if you're really trying to optimize, I would say don't hedge negative EV bets unless unless it's enough growth to your bankroll. That'll help you, you know, continue going in the future.
0: Yeah. I I'm usually just like straight up math play when it comes to this. I ignored that for the world series bet that I mentioned, but like, I don't know, 20, like it was a $20 bet. Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a pro better. I'm a, I, I'd say I'm like slightly above like rec plus, where I can understand these, these, all the concepts associated with it. So it's not like I'm playing massive amounts of money. Like, I can I I'm in a position I can lose twenty dollars on a World Series bet, and it is what it is. You know I, I'm I'm not I don't stress over it at all. It would have been nice to have cashed out, but I think in the long run, you know, it's going to be another opportunity where sometimes that play will win. So for sure, I think this I think this may have changed my mindset a bit. Experience maybe like okay, if at least if I take the plus EV route, I can't get I can't like look back on it and say like i did something wrong which in this case maybe i did but like it's all it's all you individually mentally would you be okay losing that bet because for me if you've got amazing position at 30 to 1 and it's 50 50 like let that play or even just hedge a little bit so at least you come away with some money but don't like hedge it completely
1: yeah exactly and and there is the flip side of like there's the would you be like devastated if it lost or like did you put 50 bucks on Leafs to win the cup and you're a massive Leaf fan and you just want to cheer for the Leafs and you want like, then let it ride, you know, just, it's, it's really a personal thing. If you're trying to maximize EV, like really you take that super seriously, then typically hedging other than certain scenarios is something I would avoid. But if you're casual better, who has a nice position and wants to win or would be really upset if you lost it, then hedge.
0: Uh, here's a, a good follow-up. So the, the follow-up here is for me. I have to widen the scope of my betting, uh, my betting see If I'm having a particularly unlucky year, I'll hedge out. But typically, I never hedge. So uh, I don't think like your 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 recent run or anything should really factor. Like if you're if you feel like you're getting plus EV positions, like like say you're getting great close on a lot of things. It's just been an unlucky year. I wouldn't let that dictate future betting. Like your if your process seems to be going correct. Don't let results influence that process because eventually like things should in theory turn around. However, I can kind of attest to if I'm on a bad run, I feel like I just need like for comfortability with myself. I need to just lock in some profit. I'll say maybe because again, like for hedging, it really just comes down to a mental thing at the end of the day. If I need that, that profit to lock in, to feel better then I could do that. But I wouldn't let like your uh, like a, a run, like even a season by like some of the best bettors in the world can have a losing season, like the best. Known, sometimes they can have a losing season. It, it's a small enough sample in the grand scheme that that just may not happen. So like you really need like if you're broadening your scope on bet like you really need to b- b- broaden it even further. I don't know like what the volume of betting is here, but. I wouldn't let like an unlucky season maybe dictate as much, unless again, it's like an emotional thing that needs to be uh, that um, you need to kind of consider. What do you think about that? Kirk?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like at the end of the day, we're not robots. Like it's, it's hard to, to just purely maximize things. Like I went through this, this basketball season has been completely insane for me because it's tracking right now is my most profitable season. But I went through a three month stretch where we had by far the worst Run I've ever had, closing consistently lose like, it was like, it felt like I would open you, bet three six five at like seven twenty five and I would have like a let's say an over two forty 240, close two forty two and a half live total two twenty two and a half seven minutes into the game like there were just points where I was just kind of numb like I was like oh yeah every bet's gonna lose no matter what happens so it's you really do want to just be as process oriented as possible but i would be absolutely lying if i said i wasn't you know deeply frustrated yeah. when i'm on my, my a horrible run but horrible runs are going to happen we're in a variance business
0: yeah and that's the thing you have to navigate like you said like it's hard it's hard to say like like am i doing the right thing here but i think also like, if you really expand your scope on what, like, a sample should be, like, it, honestly, it's even more than year-to-year basis, like these sorts of things. So that's always important with betting. But speaking of bets, let's get to some action for today, if we do have anything. Because, well, first of all, any of your picks that you have. But second of all, we have a question from Taylor. I, I think we spoke about this last week, but you, you, you continue to mention Boston as the overwhelming title favorite. Uh, at plus 300, do you still think there's any meat on the bone to grab the Celtics that price?
1: Yeah, I would bet plus 300. I bet a lot of Celtics and I bet I literally bet the Celtics. Like there, I just think that they are by far the best team in the league. I don't it think just, plus 300 quite reflects that or sorry, plus 300. Yeah. Yeah, I would bet that. I actually recently bet plus 310 like last week. So I just think they're. Consider the the best team in the league by a considerable margin, and I don't really think the markets have, have quite priced that in. I also bet East to win the finals. I got minus one fifteen. I don't know how much that's still around, but if you can find, there were minus one tens around as well. I think that's a, a good bet as well. We, let, let's let's make it official: Celtics to win the championship. And I don't know if Betstamp has a uh, has like east to to win the finals that's like a pretty obscure bet but uh a lot of books yeah do, do hold that
0: eastern conference winner celtics are plus 135 no sorry
1: sorry not eastern conference winner east to win the championship so like oh no east no team to win the championship
0: i can i can customize that bet and do east to win a minus 110 no no minus no, minus 110
1: is no, that, no, no. It, minus 110's too good we probably need a worse number than that because i okay. don't think that's around anymore. um
0: I'll give you a sec to uh, if you want to, if you can find a number, they'll give you a sec here, but we will lock in NBA finals winner, Boston Celtics. Uh, I know you're not usually a units better, but uh, what would you put? What would you put unit wise on the Celtics? Best we have is three Oh six at pinnacle.
1: Let's go, let's go one unit.
0: Oh, God. Full, unit. Unit. full unit. All right. All right. Full unit, Boston Celtics, NBA finals winner plus three Oh six at pinnacle. That's the best price in market that we have here. So we go, to a full unit that could uh, make up for some of the, the the high variance plays we've had from this show so far this high variance, season low variance. It's uh, no it's limits. tough. You know, it's it, we got to get we'll give uh, we'll give uh, Evans a bit of credit here because it's a you, you come on once a week. You give out one to two plays once a week. And yeah, things sometimes can, cannot yeah. go your way variance wise. And that's very much what we have on, on this show. I mean, look at the, the Ford progress show, the football show, we have the network, one of the best bettors around Hitman. It went like three and 14 on his weekly best bets throughout the regular season. So some people might think, how can you be a good better and go three or 14? Well, that's just 17 bets out of probably thousands that he might be making during the season. So things like that can go awry. Uh, any, any price on that, uh, East yeah, so to win the championship, it, DraftKings
1: bet. actually has a minus 110. That is just a ludicrous price. That's, I, I think it's an arb with Caesars, actually. Okay,
0: so, so we'll go uh, Eastern Eastern Conference team to win the NBA championship as another official play for today. Okay, Eastern Conference team. I made
1: this bet last year. So I think similar odds, honestly.
0: And then this and heat.
1: <laughs> it it clo- like by the time the playoffs came, it was a massive favorite. And then the heat made the finals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then it kind of killed it naturally. I will just set it to June 1st. I don't know when the NBA finals are. Okay. So we have a little bit of actionable info for today. That is great to see. I put this in the wrong spot, but anything else maybe from today's perspective that you are going to be looking at.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll do one prop here. Uh, Not sure he's going to play, but really like it. If he does uh Mike Conley under seven and a half assists. Okay, um, I think three six five is like one point seven one. I would play it down to like uh one point six six. Whatever that. Yeah, was, we
0: got a minus one forty here. A uh, little bit off market. You have ESPN bet.
1: Yeah, like minus one forty five, minus one fifty. All, all really good.
0: So ESPN benefits in your region, minus 145. Bet MGM, you should have access to. It's minus 145. But if you have access to 365, you can get it for minus 140 here. So we'll put a unit, Mike Conley, under seven and a half assists. All right. So turns into three official picks from her, Evans turn, today.
1: Let's turn it around. Let's turn it around.
0: Let's let's turn it around here. Um, not a great start to this one from last week. The Raptors over on wins. Um they they lost their two since that point, unfortunately. But still, time, time to
1: bounce back. A lot of time quickly going to be out tomorrow as well.
0: Uh, Mike Conley, you have under seven and a half assists from today, and others from today. You're going to go Boston Celtics as an official play to win the championship. You spoke about this for a while as well, and you have uh, the Eastern an Eastern Conference team to win the NBA championship. So that's a bit of a season long sweat. Guarantee you some action heading into the playoffs. Yeah. You can't you can't lose the
1: bet? You can't lose the bet until the fine. <laughs>
0: um, a question here. So okay, this is actually a good question. So uh, are there odds for Kyle Lowry buyout market? Certain places, yes. However, when it comes to markets like this, beware of one-way markets. Beware of like next team because usually they are they have such a high um, house edge that it's like almost impossible to bet into these things like like a, a certain team could be favored. I think this is what some people would, would think. You'd see like maybe the Sixers is like the third highest odds for Kyle Lowry to sign for it. You think, well, how are they third? But there's not enough consideration into the specific price associated with it. So I'd say beware a little bit of these sorts of markets where it's only really one way. Uh, but I would, I would think he, the most likely destination agree is the 76ers um we didn't mention I, I was about
1: it. to say that feels that would be awesome i'm cheering really hard for that
0: i think it'd be just fun but i don't but i think it would help the sixers and i can't stand the sixers to be honest um, you can't
1: not stand the sixers and not stand boston then you hate everyone
0: i hate them both i mean <laughs> they're they're one boston is on a tier of its own but the sixers are, are a little bit behind so the bucks for me would be the next one but i i can't stomach i mean i i'm just a i'm just a hater i can't stomach a doc river success story either so i don't know maybe i just need miami to do it yeah <laughs> or who else i can't Nah, there's like there's nobody i mean i just i, I don't appreciate eastern conference teams like i let me just the the top team in the east, that I could actually like accept like if the Pacers won a chip this year, I could be like, okay, cool. Uh, I think, the think that's Heat, really Heat, the Cavs, the Sixers, the Bucks, Celtics would be <laughs> they'd all be upsetting. But what's good is that my Celtics hate stems so far that as long as it's not them, I won't be upset.
1: That's good. That's good.
0: But for the sake of the bet here, um, viewers may be telling, I'm not tailing this bet because there's no way I'm rooting for the <laughs> yeah. Celtics. I was I was
1: gonna say that they're like then you couldn't possibly be cheering for any team. That we have in the final, so I think that's a good idea to
0: not tail. Maybe the East one will be good to tail because maybe that's maybe that's my um, uh, what's the the uh, the hedge, the emotional hedge. The emotional, that's, hedge, that's, my, emotional that's, hedge. Maybe that's the emotional hedge that I'll have there. Um, anyways, though, we've gone a while here. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we got some good NBA discussion. I hope you learned. We we went into some educational betting stuff today. So hopefully you got some insight into that. Any questions you have for Thursdays, always feel free. You can let us know while we're in the stream here. But also, I have pinned in chat here uh, a link to the Hammer's Own Drop Station server it's sort of like discord but it's a little bit different here so get involved with the link that's in the chat right now and if you have any questions throughout the week you can also put them in here we can answer them on the show and have ready and prepared answers as well so get to the link in the chat i'll take you just like a few seconds to sign up this and join our drop station server but there's one the server here has a has a different page for every channel that we have with the hammer. So get involved over there. Thanks so much for watching the show today. We hope you did enjoy. If you did make sure you hit that like button, subscribe for more content and check out the pick and roll live. stream going to go live every weekday morning with myself and pips 9 45 AM on weekdays. But of course we have the Thursday show every Thursday, two, 30 p.m. Eastern time with myself and Kirk Evans. Again, thanks so much for watching. We should see you again. Hopefully me tomorrow and Kirk next week.